0: Well, good morning. Welcome back to Let's Open the Bible. You've made it to Friday, and uh, we're so glad that you're along for this journey. Today, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, we're going to be looking at uh, verses 14 and following. My name is Russell Fox. I'm here with my brother, Gavin Pratt, just a couple of pastors who love the Lord and just uh, love His Word. Gavin, good morning. Good morning. Great to see you this morning.
1: Yes, sir. You're looking How mighty you spiffy today. Oh, yeah. I have those pastoral duties. I so I have to look semi-pastoral. Oh. What is that? I, I, I'm not in a robe for those of you. I was thinking about this. You have a, a voice for radio, and and so I think I'm a perfect compliment to you because I have a face for radio. So,
0: <laughs> well, I think I probably qualify in that department as well. Uh, Gavin, why don't you kick us off with a prayer, and then we'll get into the word. If you want to read the word, 14
1: through 16. All right, let's pray. Oh God, it is good. It is really good for us to be able to come before your throne of grace anytime, anywhere. Uh, not because we deserve to be here, but because you love us. Not because you owe us anything. God, what we have earned is, is, is if, we're, if you're uh, giving us what we justly earn. it is wrath. And yet you give us grace and mercy and love uh, in Christ Jesus. And so we are truly thankful for that, God. Uh, and and uh, we ask now, that the words of our mouth and the meditation of the hearts of those that are listening would be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All Ephesians right. Four. So uh, Ephesians 4, uh, and and we're picking up where Paul is talking. He really is setting up the, the scene of a church, uh, a group of people, people led by Um, the apostles, prophets of old, the evangelists, shepherds, and teachers currently. Um, And then he goes on in 12 and 13 to talk about equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. And we get to verse 14, so that we may no longer be children. It means at one time you were children. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather... Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love.
0: So in yesterday's podcast, we talked about um, the church hurt. That is associated with unrealistic expectations. And as pastors and as Christians, you know, how we deal with somebody's unrealistic expectations that cause them to experience some kind of pain or hurt. And, and here, uh, you know, Paul is, is talking about here the speaking the truth in love uh, and, you know, that, that we would all grow into the head, which is Christ. And he references the, you know, by being caught up in every wind of doctrine, the trickery of men, the cunning and craftiness, uh, deceitful plotting. Certainly a big component of church hurt is this, uh, you know, the fact that people aren't always rooted. They're like tall grass being blown around by the wind, and, you know, we're, we're looking to Scripture for part of our... Uh, understanding of God, but we're also taking part of our understanding of God from the culture, from movies, from other people's opinions, different things like that, which always leads to confusion. And then in the church, when, when we come to church, you know, somebody says something that we don't agree with, and, and, it, and it leads to conflict and different things like that. But then there's also those that are deceitful. Trickery of men, he says. Cunning craft fi- craftiness, deceitful plotting. So, there's all kinds of reasons why people deal with church hurt, and there's all kinds of responses to that. Uh, but Paul here clearly says we are to speak the truth in love,
1: mm-hmm. to grow towards Christ-likeness. Yeah, so uh, one of the things that jumps out at me is that we may, may no longer be children. I'll get it right, uh, maybe. Uh, that we may no longer be children. Uh, that means that we all start out as children. Yeah. Uh, very immature in the faith. I, I would say that, you know, as believers, we are children of God, and yet in in this context, it's immature in the faith. Mm. And if we couple that with Hebrews 4, Right. Um, that, we are, um, that we are to test these things for the mature who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Like we need to saturate ourselves with the word, be very aware of of the truth to know the word, and then to go out and practice it in, in the context of, of the church, in the context of life, in the context of just being around those people uh, that, that that help us grow. And by the way, that challenge us in our growth. I'm sorry, that was Hebrews five, but uh, that I was referencing. Um, so in, within the church you, you get these young children and they act like our children you're touching my toy you're in my parking spot or in my pew or maybe they're a little more mature than that. Uh, you have the wrong doctrine and this is how I'm going to handle it. I'm gonna scream at you
0: hmm. yeah uh,
1: or maybe they're a little more mature than that they have a pro- uh, you know a problem against their brother and they won't go handle it in the way that we're commanded to in Matthew 18 or maybe their brother has a problem against them and they won't handle it in the, in the manner that they're commanded to uh, in Matthew um, what is that six? But anyways, so so I think that as you, this is commanding us as pastors to equip the saints and as saints to listen to the pastors, good pastors, godly pastors, and then test it against the word and grow up. And that means that, that we know the truth, that we are able to speak the truth and recognize the truth, and that we're to speak it. And we're to speak it in love. Yeah. Um, and love is really putting other people's needs above our own. It's really hard, I, I've always said, and, and maybe I've even mentioned this on, on uh, uh, with you earlier, it's really hard to have a, an argument at the foot of the cross. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and as you understand the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus, if you understand the gospel, you forgive others. and You're long-suffering, and you're patient. And you're able to teach them, correcting those opponents with gentleness, so uh, first of all, children, um, and then we're growing up uh, towards Christ, which is the head. And we talked, um, you and I have talked before about what it means to grow up into Christ, and, and in a church, there's a temptation to grow up into the pastor, and that's called the cult of personality. Yeah. Uh, and, and I asked you, is that a temptation for you? Do you feel like it's either a temptation to drift towards the center or that your congregation moves you to the center and they elevate you to the the point of where they believe you speak ex cathedra from the throne infallibly. Uh, And and so by nature, you're the center of the church. That's a cult of personality. And then if you're not growing up into Christ, there's another temptation where you drift towards a power family or uh, where the word is not the center. You can drift towards tradition yeah. And I, I know a lot of people, all of us to some extent, but a lot of people whose dominating voice of God is not the Word of God, but their conscience that has been shaped by their parents and tradition. So they say, well, I know I would never be able to do that. Uh, I, I jokingly reference my mother-in-law, who was raised to think that whistling was wrong. And uh, and my wife gently corrects me, no Women whistling is wrong, and uh, and I don't know why she was raised that way, but she thinks when she hears that whistle, it's some sort of you know wrong thing. Well, that can shape someone's. I feel guilty when I whistle. Well, that's not biblical. That's not scriptural. That's tradition. But that type of thing creeps into the church.
0: And I think in in our context here in 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 the South, and I don't know. Maybe it's maybe that's too broad a brush but the cult of personality thing that you referenced is a, is a real temptation for many churches. Uh, you know, the, in, in many churches that I've been around, there, there's a sense that uh, the church kind of gives the pastor the keys to the kingdom, and and, you know, he almost speaks ex cathedra, and whatever he says goes, and I think that's even more prevalent when that pastor has achieved a certain academic achievement, and they just tend to place their complete and utter confidence in anything he says without referencing scripture and, and making sure that, you know, that this pastor is solid. Uh, and I think that's a real danger uh, for, for many churches and many pastors. And, and I constantly push back against that and say, you know, no, you, you're my accountability. If I say anything that that does not align with Scripture, if I'm if I'm leading in a direction that does not align with Scripture, please come to me. Let's talk about it. If I if I've misrepresented Christ or misrepresented the gospel in any way, please let's have a conversation uh, and and correct that error. But I think that is a real temptation. Well,
1: and uh, my background, my undergraduate degree was in psychology, and there are certain schools of thought that when you become a psychiatrist or a psychologist, that you are to get the big desk. Uh, Your chair should be slightly elevated. People should see your diplomas on the back wall. They should be very obvious and apparent. Uh, And you'll see a lot of doctor's offices have their diplomas on display. Uh, Your calendar should be on your desk and full. Whether it's meaningful or not, it does not really matter as long as they see that you're an important person and you know what you're talking about and you're well-trained. And it's ironic the contrast or maybe not ironic it is a stark contrast with what we see in the in the bible when peter and john are brought before the sanhedrin well aren't these unlearned men aren't these i believe the greek word is idiotes i mean the, the, these are not men that have made much of their education these are men that have followed jesus closely and well
0: yeah And, you know, and we're kind of drifting a little bit away from church hurt, but I I think it's relevant to the conversation because there are those pastors, and let's face it, there are pastors with doctorate degrees. A a doctorate degree does not make a pastor a good pastor. Uh, There are a lot of trained idiotos, uh, you know. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Uh, But there's also those that, I mean, let's face it, we're all sinners at the core of our being. And, uh, you know, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, Paul says there in in verse 14, the, the best of us, the best we have of us in the flesh is broken. You know, we are earthen vessels, jars of clay. We have a hidden treasure that should shine through the cracks of our brokenness, right? But sometimes we get in the flesh uh, and we have an agenda or different things that can lead to hardships. Things such as uh, cliques in churches can form, especially when there's this cult of personality that one group is following and another group isn't within a church that can lead to conflict and split and, and different things of that nature. I'm sure you've, you've seen some of that probably in your time in, in church history.
1: Yes, but I don't think we're drifting at all. So in Galatians... Um... it says, it is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who want to force you to be circumcised and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. If the pastor the leader you want to talk church hurt have the church going in the wrong direction have the pastor yeah. making a kingdom for himself that's right. his own fiefdom you know uh, uh, that's where it gets dangerous that's why it is important that you're not tossed to, to and fro by every wind of doctrine you're anchored in the word you're the 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 pastor is equipping you to to the whole church working itself uh, up towards Christ which is the head if you get that off there's church hurt there, there's destruction all over the place yeah. I mean, we need to be very aware of the schemes of, of the devil, the world, the flesh, and the devil conspiring against you and the church itself to bring disrepute and dishonor to God. Division is a part of that, and church hurt is a result of the division. That's right. And one of the things that I like that you said to me very early on
0: when we when we were just kind of getting to know one another as pastors, you said, all I have is the word. Hmm. You know, some pastors, and let's face it, there's nothing wrong with seminary training. I, I'm a big fan of education. I think, you know, I would prefer that pastors get their education and go to a seminary. Um, but, but sometimes what we learn is application, application, application. And there's nothing wrong with application. We, there should be application, right? But that shouldn't be the, the meat of the message. The meat of the message should be the word. And that's really what we bring to the table is God's word. I mean, let's let the light be the light.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, the way I try to preach, uh, successful or not, the way I try to preach, it, it's it's kind of based on an illustration that I had um, in Raleigh, North Carolina. My neighbor in Raleigh, North Carolina talks about his 15-year-old son meeting the girl, the one, you know, uh, this stunningly beautiful girl. And so the application, the, 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 the foundation maybe would be, let me show you the girl. Let me show you how pretty she is and how nice she is and how sweet she is and how wonderful she is, how amazing she is. And then the application, he figured out on his own. Now, it wasn't the right application. I think we need to walk through some of that, that quorum Deo. This is how we live in light of what we just heard. We live in the presence of God in the fa- before the face of God according to the word we just heard. But so the kid was sneaking out. And the father came over one day, and he was, you know we're, we're living in a townhouse in Raleigh. My wife and I and the, the first two of our four children uh, were living in this townhouse. And the guy came over and said, man, I've, I've given up. You know, he saw this girl, and he so the first night he's sneaking out the front door. Well, my wife and I said that's not going to happen. So they sat at the front door. Well, he snuck out the back door, and they said, well, that's not going to happen. So they, you know, one they split up, and he went out the window, the upstairs window. They said, well, how do we stop him? And uh, and wh- again, that's a wrong application, but that's how I pre. I want to preach to show God to. I want to show Christ the Godhead to the congregation as He is to the best of my ability. Which is majestic. It's almost there. Is Einstein one time said the God I see in, in the heavens uh, allegedly one of his friends said and I'm going to grossly paraphrase this the God I see in the heavens is so much more spectacular than anything I've heard from the pulpit. Well, I take that to heart. I want to I want to preach the spectacular God who is. I'm not making anything up. In fact, I'm falling far short. I'm just preaching the outskirts of His ways. But what a beautiful God! What a majestic God! And then and then say, okay, have you seen Him? Have have I painted a word picture of of the God who is? Well enough that now you go give us application. What must we do now? Like I want to sneak out the front door to find this God. I want to go out the back door. And if anybody tries to stop me, I'll go out a window. I I will face persecution. I will face trials. I'll face anything. I have seen this God. And so that's kind of, I think, how we grow up into Christ is is just, to the best of our ability, (laughs) preach that word um, and show the, the people who God is. Uh, And they certainly ought to be wise um, and go and test what we say against the word. And when they see him as he is, they will pursue him. Amen, amen. And that's where they grow up.
0: Yeah. That's where they grow up. Well, that's the time we have for today. Thank you for uh, turning in your Bible with us today, and I hope that you have a great weekend. I hope that you find... Uh, a time of worship this weekend. I hope that you're part of a regular congregation, a part of a, an assembly of believers, and you sit under sound doctrinal teaching this, uh, this weekend. Uh, if not, go visit a church, and, and man, just worship. Get along, get you know, worship with the Lord, with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and then come back Monday, and let's open our Bible again together. Until then, be blessed. God bless.